0: Turn up the headphones a bit. That'd be crazy. Ay. Ay. ISO. ISO. Let's get it. Whoa, 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 whoa. the well, room. I'm coming through. They wanna see what I'm about. Yeah, I got skills. Do it for the thrill. I'm on a paper, route. Extra, extra read about it. I'm today's trying to tap it. What was going on? It's your boy Dolo J, and welcome back to the Kicking the Dolo podcast. A sports podcast where we talk about football and basketball, past, present, and future. Top five, top ten stats, and more. So, without further ado, let's get right into the episode. We got the second round predictions of the NBA playoffs. We're gonna talk about Lamar Jackson getting their bread. We are talking about how I feel the Texans did very good in the draft, and we're gonna see what the Buffalo Bills did, man. So, uh, first topic of discussion, it's definitely gonna be it's definitely gonna be the uh, NBA. Strictly, I'm a NBA, huge NBA fan. But before we get into that, I just want to t- tell y'all and let y'all know, uh, I'm I wasn't really feeling the video today, man. I wasn't feeling the video today, but I still wanted to get an episode out. And uh, recently, I've been seeing all the love that I've been showing on Spotify and stuff like that, man. And I really just, I really just, you know, appreciate it. This has been a good week for me, you know. Got about maybe fifty ish plays. It's been a bit. It's been a long time since I got a week like that, man. Uh, dealing with a whole bunch of stuff lately, you know, um, around September, really August, September is really where like the motivation, you know, kind of started to die down for me when it came to this podcast and think, man, um, living situation and uh, two family members passing over the time frame between September and March. And, uh, man, it's just it's been really hard to get back into the groove. I mean, I still appreciate the people who still come back. And, you know, when I do drop episodes and stuff like that, man, it's it's very much appreciated. And we had a very good week this week. So I wanted to pay it back to y'all, especially, you know, the Spotify people who've been, you know, tuning into the episode, man. So we're going to take it back to my roots, basically how I used to do it in the beginning. I might actually throw the old intro in front of this, you know what I'm saying, just to give it, you know, the last year's type vibes. But, yeah, let's get into the episode, man. I'm going to talk about the Nuggets and the Suns. Game one was Saturday. Uh, the Nuggets ended up pulling up, pulling off game one, go up one on the series. Murray had 34 points. Uh, Jokic did his thing. Michael Porter Jr. did his thing. And, you know, the Suns, what's really going to be a telltale sign for them in this series is, one, how well do KD and Booker play, and two, how many minutes do they play? um I know last series they logged uh, um north of 30 minutes roughly probably about 34 35 minutes each which is not bad but like I know during the series they're facing a very hard, a very uh, a tougher opponent and I also know that at the same time that their minutes are going to ramp up I know they're going to be some nice where they play 40 minutes uh 42 minutes 43 minutes you know what I'm saying 39 minutes so over the course of this series will they be able to you know Put up enough put up enough production log in that the minutes that they log because yeah, Monty he can go maybe eight, nine. He can go probably nine deep if he chooses to. But like when you stack up the benches between the Nuggets and the Suns, I'm gonna take the Nuggets bench, bro. Just my opinion. Uh Bruce Brown, Christian Brown, what who else do they have? I like the fact that they have they can deploy Thomas Bryant in there and you know send him in there as a, a second big um jeff green oh i don't know how i'd be forgetting about uncle jeff bro you know what i'm saying so they got some guys on that bench bro versus guys like and i'm not trying to discredit these guys or talk about these guys in a in an ill manner or any way shape or form and i still have respect utmost respect for these guys but you got landry shaman and you know cameron payne beombo is cool but you got lyndale and no wait Lindale might actually be on the is he on the nuggets I can see him in a Phoenix uniform though. I don't know. I could be I could be having a a, a slight blur at the moment. But yeah, man. You look at the two benches, man. I'm going to take the Nuggets bench. Both teams have two unguardable players. For the Nuggets they have Murray and Jokic and for the Suns they have Booker and KD. But I think Jokic and Murray are probably going to log less minutes, especially Jokic. Now, Murray might play high minutes. You know, uh, this is what he's been waiting on. This is what he's been itching for, basically. Um, it's been, what, three years, basically, since the bubble, really? And, uh, yeah, man. Well, it's been almost three years, excuse me. It's been two and a half. It's been two and a half years, man. So, I know Jamal Murray, and, and after game one, they was asking him, is this bubble Jamal, or are you just back to being Jamal? And he was like, this is me. I don't know how many times I got to show y'all. Like, I'm back. I'm him. Like. Not to take the Austin Reeves words, but I'm back. I'm that guy. I'm that dude. This is me. What y'all saw in the bubble is not just the bubble. I, I am like that when it comes to these playoffs. So uh I got the Nuggets winning in six. Um, depending on how game two goes tonight, I can I could possibly see in the Suns swinging in their favor, but it's gonna be real hard just how the Sun, just how the Nuggets are playing at home, man. Just how the Nuggets are playing at home. Next series we're going to go and talk about. So we're going to talk about the Lakers and the Golden State Warriors. They end up pulling off game seven behind a 50-burger from Stephen Curry yesterday. And the Kings, they should be happy about their season, but they were a young team, and inexperience did play a factor into it. They took a lot of ill-advised threes. I was watching the game with um, my two homeboys, Bradson and Juan, and – I was literally screaming at the television like I was like a coach or a Kings fan. It was just the type of ill shots. Guys weren't diving to the paint. Everybody wanted to shoot a three. Sabonis was not really – he was aggressive in the first half. Like He had 16 points, but Sabonis probably only finished the game with, what, 22, 23 points. He should have had maybe 30, in my opinion. He wasn't aggressive enough. Steph Curry – he had the eye of the tiger. He smelled blood in the water. He was the one that said, you know what? Clay, you won for 10 in the first half. And Poole is doing what Jordan Poole has been doing of late. Draymond Green is being Draymond Green. Looney did his thing on the rebounds for sure. Like Looney had 21 rebounds. He had 10 offensive rebounds, bro. It's like the Kings, they weren't really trying to, they weren't doing the tech, the, the, Typical box out the textbook box out and I don't like that you're trying to push a guy and then you don't look back for the ball and then next thing you know Looney just grabs the ball because he's just already anticipating it he's facing the rim he's a big guy but um Lakers go to state this is gonna be a good series the first time we see LeBron versus Steph Curry in the fi- ah, in the playoffs since the finals was it 20 was it 2018 I want to say it was 2018, since 2018. So you already know how those two guys are, two legends in the sport, um, two guys from the state of Ohio, born in the state of Ohio, putting on the defending champs trying to come back and, um, you know, show that they they still the champs, they still the team to beat, and the king trying to reclaim his crown, bro, at the top of the NBA. Uh, Curry has – both guys have four championships, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, both guys have four championships. So, who's gonna? Who, both guys trying to get that fifth man and move to that Kobe, that Kobe echelon when it comes to rings. Um, Steph Curry probably, possibly one of the greatest point guards of all time. Revolutionized the game of basketball. Probably the great, most like no, the greatest shooter of all time. But uh, that's enough babbling. Enough, you know, hyping this up. But I got the Lakers in seven, bro. It's just who is gonna guard AD. Now will a d you know do his thing or will he be a magician you know appear, reappear disappear, reappear and disappear again? He's been a presence in the paint and he did exactly he did exactly what I said he needed to do when I was predicting the first round. He doesn't have to have a monster score night he has to do the same thing that he did in the Grizzly series be a deterrent at the paint, get rebounds and put the ball in the basket. Don't be tentative. Like you, he doesn't have to put up. AD can have a 22 and 15 game and four or five blocks The Lakers can win. He doesn't have to put up he doesn't have to put up 30, 35, 40 for them to win. Oh. No. Be a paint presence, grab the rebounds, and and make your shots. Catch your lobs, put the ball on the ground, be aggressive hit your free throws. That's it. He doesn't have to be monster AD. He has the possibility of being monster AD, but nah, man. Looney, what are you gonna put on the Looney? Draymond Green. Nah, I'm pretty sure them guys are gonna hold their own, and but nah, bro. And then who are they gonna put on LeBron? I mean, I'm pretty sure Wiggins is gonna you know get the the bulk of the LeBron minutes. The bulk of the you know Clay might switch on him. Graymon, Draymond might switch on him. You know. Probably I, they might actually start Draymond, and then they might, as the game goes on, they might actually like move Wiggins over after LeBron's been a little bit. After he's been probably trying to wear him down a little bit, I can see that's how the uh, Warriors' game plan in defensively. But no, now it's gonna be hard for the Lakers to also stop Steph Curry because who do you? They're probably gonna put Jared Vanderbilt on. It's probably he's probably gonna make it tough for Curry. But then who do you put on Clay Thompson? And Clay's definitely got to show this series that, you know, he's still Clay. He's just got to show that he's still Clay, man. And is he gonna be the, the guy that excuse me? I don't know who that is calling me. But um, yeah, man. Is he gonna be the guy, bro? Like, is he gonna be that guy? Not necessarily be that guy, but be the clay of old. Not as far as like on the defensive end where He takes the best assignment, best defensive matchup, uh, the best offensive player. But is he going to be clay? Is he going to be able to give you a game where he can hit seven threes, six threes, give you a 30-point game? It's going to really be very, very key for for the Golden State Warriors if they want to advance and, you know, keep on, you know, keep on keeping on, basically. But the Lakers, LeBron's doing his thing. He's passed all the Dylan Brooks stuff. Um, And I wouldn't necessarily say it it was a rivalry. But, uh, yeah, man, uh, basically two great players matching up. And I guess you can call it a rivalry, given the fact of how many times they met in the finals and how many times they battled the different type of games that they've had, situations that they've been in. You can say it's kind of a rivalry, but they won't call each other rivals. They won't. They just call each other great basketball players, as you're supposed to do. So, all right, man, on to the next series. We got Boston versus Philly. Uh, Joel Embiid is looking very doubtful. Spraying knee, end up spraying his knee in the end of game three versus the next series, in which they eventually end up sweeping in the very next game. Boston had a little trouble. I was, I kind of see them kind of taking care of business how Philly did, but the Hawks stole two games from them. So, uh, yeah, but I got Boston winning the series 4 two, man. Uh, it's really gonna be hard for Philly, in my opinion, without Joel Embiid. Being the type of paint presence he is, you know, the shot blocker, the rebounder. Now, the Celtics have Rob Williams, and I don't expect Rob Williams to have like a monster rebounding game or a monster game, you know, putting the basket, putting the ball in the basket, Not like a 30-point game, 20-point game. Rob Williams, he he kind of floats around that eight to maybe 12-point ratio. I do expect them to get a lot of rebounds, though. Well, not a lot, but, you know, I expect them to get double-digit rebounds, 10, maybe 11. And, you know, block a couple shots as he does. Now, are they going to start him? I believe they're trying to save him more for, like, the later rounds if they do advance, bringing him off the bench. I like that little wrinkle that the uh, Celtics have. Jalen Brown is playing well. Marcus Smart is hitting his shots. Tatum is being Tatum. Al Horford is coming up clutch when they need him. And it seems like every time the Celtics need a big shot, To either gain some momentum or halt some momentum. They found my boy Al Horford in the corner for three. So, you know, I I, I just, I I really feel like, not to like, I really feel like is possibly going to be maybe either the Lakers or the Celtics in the finals. Or maybe like the Golden State Warriors or the Celtics in the finals. Now I'm not slighting the, the the net the Knicks or the Heat, but I just feel like Boston right now, given the elimination of Milwaukee, is it's the front runners. Now the Heat are no slight either, given the fact they did what they did to the Bucks what they did to the Bucks in five games now. Giannis did miss a significant amount of time. Um in the playoffs, two games is a significant amount of time. Cause you you got seven games to play. You need every game, you need every minute, every second, every possession matters. So, I got Boston coming out of the East, though. But uh, the very last very last series we're going to talk about is the Miami Heat and New York Knicks. Now, Julius Randle in, did not end up playing in game one. Um, I think he um, re-injured his ankle in the last game of the Cavaliers series. Yes, excuse me. I was trying to... I, I, I don't know. I had, like, a, a brain fart moment. But, um, yeah. So, he didn't play in the first game. So, it was very hard. Jalen Brunson didn't play his best game either. Um, The Knicks were, had a good lead. And then, you know, the Heat turned on as the Heat turned on during the third quarter. Butler, he was doing his thing. Uh, He let the team in points. Gabe Vincent was hitting shots. Kyle Lowry was hitting timely baskets. Bam Adebayo was getting putbacks and rebounds. And they were doing their thing. Even. Even Kevin Love showed up a little bit. And that's and that's, that's what you like to see. That's what you like to see. It's gonna be very hard for the Knicks if the if the Heat are playing the way that they're playing. Now, Jimmy Butler did also end up um rolling his ankle on a on the shot attempt where he kind of bumped Josh Hart. Josh Hart fell. And then like Butler tried to plant his foot and he kind of like stepped on Josh Hart's, Josh Hart's foot, excuse me. And yeah, he was he rolled it pretty bad. Like the last part of the game jimmy butler he was in the corner like he was chilling and so he was like faking like he was shooting with the ball and stuff like that which was pretty hilarious to me i'm not gonna lie, i almost like cried laughing at that but yeah man it was it was it was good the he are again they are the first playing team to win a, uh, a playoff series so it was real cool to just see You know, the Heat still keeping on, keeping on. And are they the the wonder team this season, the Cinderella Cinderella team this season? We see that in the NBA where a team that really wasn't supposed to make it or didn't play the rest in the regular season, turns it on in the postseason, gets hot at the right time, and really turns it on, man. really, really, really cranks up the gears. So now we're going to go to the NFL portion of the episode. As most of you may know, if you're in the sports world, Lamar Jackson finally got his bread. Five year 260 million dollar deal, 185 million guaranteed. Technically the highest paid player. Um I wouldn't say he he signed the highest contract, but you know, with incentives and stuff like that, makes up the other what 75 million? No, 95 million, something like that. No, not 95, 85 million. Excuse me. My math is my math is kind of off. 75 million. It was the right, like 75 million. So 185 guaranteed. I know he was looking something for the ballpark of 200 guaranteed. Hurts, he has like 175 guaranteed, but he got a 5 year 255, which is which is good for a guy, you know, that's going to be the future of your franchise who played the way that he played last season and ultimately was in the MP, MVP discussion until like late late in the season where I think he like injured his shoulder. Um Patrick Mahomes ended up taking the MVP. But uh, Deshaun Watson still technically to me has the highest paid contract because he has the most guaranteed money. His contract is fully guaranteed. No, I know a lot of people are saying, yeah, they're gonna try, they're definitely gonna restructure that deal. Um it's gonna be very hard to build a team around them. And as I've been saying, as I've been listening to in the sports world, you know, it's gonna be a huge cap hit to the Browns for them to uphold their contract, especially at especially this season so um i maybe i maybe see them maybe in like maybe next season or maybe the, the year after that possibly revisiting this deal but uh Jalen hurts got his bread um whether he needed an agent or not i'm not really gonna say i'm gonna leave that up to everybody else but as far as like maybe the nuances of it and maybe the like the way it went down but Sometimes you don't take, sometimes when you get to your destination and you might not get to where you want to, you might get to close to where you want to be. Sometimes the road is not the best road or the easiest road travel. Or, you know, it might be, it might look bumpy and sketchy and stuff like that. But he got his bread. He wanted his bread. He wanted a five-year deal. I think they had him at three. Had him at three for 133 fully guaranteed. Um, I think he wanted the security of an extra two years on his deal so he can get a little bit more bread and, you know, have a deal close to the Deshaun Watson deal. That's the complete outlier, as we all know. But uh, they also picked up Zay Flowers from Boston College with the 22nd pick in the um, NFL draft. They've picked up um, Odell in the offseason, you know, signing for his one-year, 18 mil, 15 guaranteed. Uh, Rashard Bateman last season, I believe, Rashard Bateman from from, uh, Minnesota University. So, they still have Mark Andrews. So, it's going to be real interesting to see J.K. Dobbins comes back. Um, It's going to be real interesting to see, man, real interesting to see. One, how Lamar plays this season. Does he get frustrated when things don't go well in the game or maybe for a stretch of games? And two, what type of offense are they going to run? Is it still going to be – I think it's still going to be more – I think it's still going to be more run-heavy, excuse me, but – Pass heavy, are they gonna throw more different types of passes in there, deeper passes in there? It's gonna be real, real interesting to see, man. Real interesting to see. They also picked up um also picked up some defensive picks. And you know, the bolster their defense, the Ravens have always had a pretty good defense to the best of my knowledge. Um, always been top 10 in the NFL as far as defense. So we're gonna see. And uh, yeah. But of course, the next section we gotta go into. And I know if my boy, if my boy Prescott is watching, P Scott, if you're watching, well, not watching, listening, excuse me, I think I'm still doing the video. But P, I want you to answer me with this, bro. How do you feel about the draft, about the Bills, bro? How do you feel? Okay, we picked up a tight end, picked up a guard to bolster our offensive line, a um, linebacker, Tulane, I guess, um, De- Dorian Williams, excuse me. I guess he's supposed to feel the, um, Fill the hole for Tremaine Edmonds, even though I don't feel like you can fill the hole for Tremaine Edmonds. We got uh, Justin Shorter. We got a, a, another right receiver. And I know my boy Peace Guy's going to be like, bro, we have enough receivers, bro. We have too many receivers. We need to trade some receivers and get something else. Uh, we picked up another offensive lineman and uh, picked up a corner. Uh, Alex Austin out of Oregon State with our very last pick in the seventh round. Now... As a Bills fan, man, and like I said, I heard my boy P. Scott say this on his podcast, Chomping It Up with P. Scott. Make sure y'all go follow my boy on Spotify. Um, and what I've been telling my friends when we talk about football is, bro, we run the ball. Don't get me wrong. We need to run the ball more. But we run the ball. We just need to run the ball with Josh Allen a little bit less, and a little bit more with the running back we got Cook, Singletary is a good uh running back. So, I'm pretty sure you know we could possibly pick up somebody else given the fact that let's say we could possibly pick up another running back if we have an injury to one of those two, but we need to run the ball more. Like, I think I don't even think it's like a player thing. I think it's like a it's like schematically. We just need to design more runs and bring guys in who can help us with the run. I know we got some good pass blockers, but we need to run that ball, bro. And the reason why we keep falling short, be it against Kansas City or Cincinnati, which is the two teams that we just seem to cannot beat when it matters the most. It's just like, bro, run the ball. Score, both teams going to be able to put up points, but we got to be able to run the ball, especially when we play Mahomes in them. It's just like they're scoring like 40 seconds on us every time. That's what it feels like. It's just like boom, 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 touchdown. We have to run the ball, keep the ball away from them. Run the clock, play the clock out. That's what we have to do, man. As a Bills fan, that's what I'm doing. So, Sean, if you're listening to me, bro, just know that that's what we have to do, bro. We have to run the ball more with our running backs. Not with Josh Allen. Josh Allen having 12 carries and stuff like that, no. Now, I understand some are going to be undesigned runs where it's a throw and play and it's just breakdowns, and Josh is just going to take off. I get that. But let's try and keep it out of like eight attempts a game, seven attempts a game, six attempts a game. Maybe. You know what I'm saying? And get, get, run the ball, man, with the running back. Come on, man. That's what you, he's a running back, halfback, running back, bro. Running back. And all right, so the last portion of the episode, I'm going to talk about what the Texans did. Number two overall pick, C.J. Stroud out of the University of Ohio State. They also got Will Anderson Jr. from um, from Alabama, a linebacker. So basically, they got two cornerstones, one on each side of the ball, I believe. Um, I don't really know the players that they picked, but I do like the... Positions that they pick, if that makes sense. So, they also got juice Scruggs. They got him a center, somebody for the line. They got him a receiver. Somebody CJ Stroud is definitely going to need to be able to throw the ball to somebody. They got another. They got a defensive end, Dylan Horton. Um, they got another linebacker. They got another receiver and a safety. Just not bad, bro. A center. Now, I think they probably should have picked up one more guy on the offensive side of the ball, possibly like a guard or a tackle or something. Uh, Because I know their offensive line last year was, last season was like horrendous. Horrendous. And Davis Mills, you know, part of the reason why some interceptions that he threw were just him making wrong reads, and um, other interceptions that he threw were just like he had no time, he had to get the ball away, and he was being pressured. So, but the Texans, they did put up a couple points. Um, it's a running back that they have. Um, I can't think of his name. I'm drawing a blank right now. But they have some good pieces. They've picked well in this draft. They have a total of one. About eight picks, about a good eight picks in this draft. And uh also, you know, they could bring guys bring guys in via free agency, but um yeah, man, D'Amico Ryans, man, he's starting off his tenure strong, in my opinion. He's starting off his tenure real strong, bro. But uh, I'm sorry for, like, the energy within the episode. Um, I kind of re- tried to record on my uh, all-in-one computer, but for some reason, it only records in five-minute portions, five-minute intervals. So when I was initially recording, I was, you know, I had the episode down packed, like I was going to go all the way through. So that's why I had like a little brain fog and stuff like that throughout this episode. But uh, episode 28, make sure y'all catch us on Spotify. Make sure you catch this episode on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you've listened to your podcast. That is where we're going to be. Episode 29, I'm coming back with the visuals. There will be a video. I do apologize, but I want to get the episode out to y'all. But I wasn't really like in the visual mood, in the video mood. But uh but this has been your boy Dolo J. Signing out. Until next time. Peace. Turn up the headphones a little bit. Hey. Hey. ISO. ISO. Let's get it. Whoa, 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 whoa. Clear out the room. I'm coming through. They wanna see what I'm about. Yeah, I got skills, do it for the thrill. I'm on a paper route. Extra, extra, read about it. I'm today's trying to top it.